Well, how did you respond to the news? With just a few days warning, five days at Christmas becomes one. And then we find out we're going to tier four come Boxing Day. With news like that, you have to change your plans pretty quickly. Maybe you were straight on the phone to a family member. Maybe you thought, oh, well, I'll quickly book a table at a restaurant while we can. Maybe you had to cancel flights, boats, hotel rooms. Maybe you went to get your last haircut for a while. Maybe you were straight down to Bista Village as you realised there'd be no Boxing Day sales this year. But whatever, it did, whatever you did as you heard that news, it demanded a pretty quick response. Things had to change. And last week we saw in Luke 2 good news of great joy that demands a response. And it was news of a new baby. And when you hear the announcement of a newborn of someone you care about, a family member, a friend, or someone at church, as we've heard this evening, you'll know that people are desperate to meet them. Maybe you can recall that feeling as you've heard of a baby born. There's real joy there's desperation you want to be there you want to be amongst the action there's a real joy in having that first hold people love to look at them and try and work out who they look like people will just stand and look at the baby they demand attention randomers will come and talk to you in the street Elise and I have unashamedly bowled up at a few of your front doors now over the last few months to des- well, desperate to meet a new baby. But this evening we meet Simeon, who meets Jesus at eight days old. And from what we read and from what he says, he must have been desperate to meet Jesus. So Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple as part of their custom at eight days. And Simeon, with great joy, sings to God, we've read. So the last of our songs of Christmas that we're looking at this evening is that. And and right in the middle of this song, Simeon says two things which we're going to focus in on this evening. And we're going to ask two simple questions. Verse 30 my eyes have seen your salvation. Well, how does Simeon see Jesus? Verse 31, which you have prepared in the sight of all the nations. Well, how does the world see Jesus? How will the world see Jesus? It's two simple questions. How does Simeon see Jesus? How does the world, how will the world see Jesus? So how does Simeon see Jesus? We might think, well, What's so special about Simeon? Why is it that he gets the immense privilege at day eight to welcome Jesus into the world in this official way? Why is it that he knows to look out for Jesus? Everyone loves being on the inside of a plan, don't you? You do just love being on the inside of a plan, being in the know, knowing what's going on. And when you're not, 
it's very natural to feel a bit of envy, to feel left out maybe. But why is it that Simeon, he knows? Why is it that he knows to look out for Jesus? Well, here's the thing about Simeon. We don't know that much about him. We know very little. We, we don't know his role or rank, his heritage, what he's done, what he goes on to do. Which might make us ask, how does Simeon see Jesus? But the fact we know little about him emphasises what we are told about him here. Look at verse 26. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. You see, the Holy Spirit caused him to look. We're told he was righteous and devout. We're told he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That would have all been quite familiar terminology for the Jews. They were waiting for a kind of national renewal, waiting for a king. But here's what's key about Simeon. The Holy Spirit was on him. Simeon is just a guy who God chose to use, who God put his spirit on. And you see, as we read that, it might sound so vague or unspecific, like we're not really sure what that would look like for someone to be walking around with God's spirit on them. What would that mean? And if it seems pretty unspecific, like we're not sure, well, look at verse 26, it's pretty clear. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. You see, the role of the Holy Spirit was to give him clarity in his absolute need to wait for the coming Messiah. And so that meant when Jesus was brought before him, his eyes were wide open looking. Simeon sees Jesus because he was caused to look. The Holy Spirit caused him to look. Maybe this Christmas, you've been caused to look at who Jesus is. Maybe you've tuned in this evening and you couldn't quite even describe why on earth it is that you're at church in that weird time between Christmas and New Year's where you wouldn't even have known it was a Sunday. But there's something niggling away at you, something that you don't want to leave. You can't write it off. Something in you wants to keep hearing more. Well, it's great to have you. You're really welcome. Please keep coming. Please keep looking at the identity of Jesus. Or maybe if you've trusted in Jesus for some time now, you'll remember that feeling of unrest. That feeling that you couldn't park it. You, you had to make a decision when the Holy Spirit caused you to look. Well, when the parents bring Jesus before Simeon, Simeon, moved by the Spirit, it says, holds Jesus and, and sings in his arms. See, the Holy Spirit causes him to see. Look at verse 29. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. The Holy Spirit causes him to see. And in that moment, Simeon, he sees with absolute clarity what's going on. 
you can dismiss your servant in peace. I've seen your salvation. And in just those few words, Simeon communicates what it means to see Jesus clearly. In looking into the face of this tiny baby, Simeon sees God's salvation, which is remarkable. It's bizarre. Can you imagine the moment? Can you imagine respectable Jews stood around the temple courts overhearing that? The tiny eight-day-old baby and Simeon's looking at him and saying, praise God, I've seen your salvation. But you see, the unwritten or unexpanded truth that Simeon said is that he has seen God's salvation because Jesus is the saviour of the world. And seeing Jesus for who he really is, is seeing that rescue itself. Before Jesus had said a single word, Simeon gets it because the Holy Spirit caused him to see. And you notice what's understated in Simeon's response? When Simeon sees Jesus, God's salvation, he has absolute peace about his own death. See, remember he was told he wouldn't die before he sees the Lord's Messiah. And here he is in his arms. And so it's not just that he's ticked off the last of his 101 things to do before he dies. It's not just, I can go now, I'm, I've, I've done what I need to do. But seeing the very identity of Jesus gives him peace in the, in the face of his coming death. You may now dismiss your servant in peace. He's not afraid. He is at peace because he has seen salvation. See, in this particular instance, and in moments throughout the Old Testament, God pours out his spirit on individuals for a particular reason, a particular task. But we read later on at Pentecost that God will give his spirit to all who are saved, who trust in Jesus. And we read elsewhere that our eyes are blind to the truth. But when we see Jesus, when our eyes are open, when we see Jesus clearly, God opens our eyes. So the spirit causes the believer to see. Here's what Charles Spurgeon writes. We cannot make men see the truth. They are so blind. But when the Lord puts his spirit within them, their eyes are opened. At first they may see rather hazily, but still they do see. As the light increases and the eye is strengthened, they see more and more clearly. What a mercy it is to see Christ, to look unto him, and so to be lightened. By the Spirit, souls see things in their reality. They see the actual truth of them and perceive that they are facts. The Spirit of God illuminates every believer so that he sees still more marvellous things out of God's law. But this never happens unless the spirit opens his eyes. I particularly like that line, by the spirit, souls see things in their reality. 
see is particularly refreshing and quite disarming when you meet someone or you see someone and they act with real honesty. When maybe someone analyzes themselves or their own family or, or something so personal, so honestly, there's no element of self-protection. There's no ego. When someone's able to see and speak clearly of the reality, when you hear someone speak like that, it's disarming because it's so rare. Because in our very nature, we're self-promoting, self-serving, self-seeking, self-protecting. We're blind to the true reality about ourselves. And of course, we're blind to the true reality about Jesus. But when God opens eyes by the Spirit, we see and perceive facts. That's what we see here, Simeon. We see that Jesus is the Lord's salvation. When we see that, we're made aware of our great need. We need to be rescued. And Jesus is God's rescuer. And what that leads to is just like Simeon, well, if we trust in Jesus as our rescuer, we'll have an absolute peace because we trust in a saviour. Do you see the Lord Jesus as your personal saviour daily? Do you return to that? Do you remind yourself of that immense privilege? Do you praise God? because of his great rescue that you depend so deeply on? Because the Holy Spirit in us, when it's in us, it causes us to see with clarity. It causes us to perceive the facts of our situation. And actually that means we can be refreshingly honest about life refreshingly honest about our real need for the Lord Jesus. But we can also talk about the facts of life with real peace. We'll be able to be disarmingly and refreshingly honest about death. Simeon had an unbelievable peace in the face of death. I wonder, do you have that same confidence in the face of death? The Holy Spirit causes Simeon to see. That's the work of the Spirit in Simeon. But it's a given that as part of him seeing, as he recognises the identity of the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit causes him to serve him. Look at verse 27. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. <clears throat> when the parents brought in the child Jesus Uh, sorry, <clears throat> when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, <clears throat> Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Again, we don't know much about what else Simeon does, but that means what we do know speaks loudly. 
And so as the spirit causes Simeon to first look for Jesus and see Jesus, his looking takes the form of action. His seeing takes the form of praising. As Simeon is caused to recognise the identity of the saviour of the whole world, his actions are characterised by that information. This very news transforms him to serve Jesus as his Lord. So he shows a remarkable obedience to listen to what God has told him to do. He's moved into action as he responds to the Lord Jesus. The Holy Spirit causes him to serve. That's how Simeon sees Jesus. How will the world see Jesus? Well, look at verse 31. Which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the Gentiles, a light for the revelation, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people, Israel. He's for all nations, Jew and Gentile. See, here God has revealed his rescue plan in sight of all nations. God's saving rescue plan, the Lord Jesus, is revealed in view of all people. It's for all kinds of people. That means it's a light of revelation to the Gentiles. It's new. It's new news. It's a fresh revealing of God's rescue available to those outside of the Jewish nation. And it's the glory of your people, Israel. It's the fulfillment of all that was promised to God's people. Jesus is the realisation of God's promises to his people. And see, if you're going to pause the narrative, this section just there, there's no bad news. This is the best news in the whole world for all people to accept and enjoy. It's good news of great joy for all people to accept, for Jew and Gentile, all kinds of people. And that is really exciting. Because it means that it's news for all kinds of people and all kinds of people might accept this good news about Jesus. People that are like me and people that are not like me. People that seem interested and people that seem disinterested. People that have been to church growing up. People that have never been to church before. People that are polite about faith. People that are rude about faith. People said people that said yes to coming to our Christmas events and people that said no thanks. People that are impressive and people that are unimpressive. People that are needy and people that are just fine, thank you very much. People like you and people like me. Because it's for all kinds of people. And we've seen that God works just as we've seen by his spirit, to cause people to see that truth, to see the need for rescue. And it is good news and it is for all kinds of people, but the world will see Jesus as a topic for debate. Look at verse 34 and 35. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. It's divisive, it's up for debate. 
in this world. There's so many things in the year 2020 that have been divisive. News that has split people one side or another. It doesn't take long on social media to see bold responses to pieces of news, whether it's been politics over Brexit, leave or remain, the science of coronavirus, really harmful or just a bit like the flu, the, the government guidelines, sensible or overly oppressive. There's big matters that have really that have been really polarizing in opinions. And it's been really interesting to see people respond on social media, people respond in the way that we interact with the news. And whether it's been presented as fact or it's a pragmatic response to what's going on, each time someone stands up in front of the news, there's been an interesting portrayal of what's going on. Because this news is divisive. And you see, in this song, we're told that while the truth about Jesus is absolute, people will see that the identity of Jesus is up for debate. In fact, we, we learn two things. People's response to the claims about Jesus as the only saviour. Well, their very response will lead to their own downfall. Even people in Israel, God's own people. You see, by very nature, if Jesus is saviour and we get his identity right, we see him for who he is. We are rescued. But on the flip side, if he really is saviour and we reject his identity, then there's no way of us being saved. When it comes to the person of Jesus, verse 35 says, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Because people's response to the, the Lord Jesus reveals the state of their heart before God. And that's why it's a vital question to ask one another and to ask our friends, what do you make of the person of Jesus? Because his claims will always be seen as a topic for debate. But they're so crucial. This is what John 3 verse 36 says. Whoever believes in the son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the son will not see life for God's wrath remains on them. Our very answer to that question is a matter of life and death. And if you're listening in and you've been along to things over Christmas, maybe you're not quite sure where you, why you're coming back. Please, will you think about that question? What will I do with the claims of Jesus? What will I do with the person of Jesus? Will he be my rescuer? And maybe you're all in at Town Church. Maybe you've been here for some time. Maybe you've trusted in Jesus and over Christmas time, it's been quite exciting because you've had friends come to the quiz. You walked around the advent windows with friends that you maybe didn't think would engage. There's been friends that came to children's carols or last Sunday evening. 
And maybe you've had brilliant conversations with people along the way about Christmas and church. That's really brilliant. God's been really kind to us in the conversations that we've had. But what's a real challenge here as we read these verses is to ask the question, what will you do with the person of Jesus? Because whilst that might seem quite direct, whilst it might feel quite scary, it doesn't ultimately matter what my friend thinks of all of those other things. It doesn't ultimately matter what my friend thinks of me. It ultimately matters what my friend thinks of the Lord Jesus. And it ultimately matters for all of us Because when we get the identity of Jesus right, we can sing with Simeon verses 31 and 32, sorry, 30 and 31. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in sight of all the nations. Because when we can say that for ourselves, we can have joy in God because of his rescue for us. We'll have peace in the face of death. We'll have a purpose in living for him, serving our Lord Jesus. And we'll have a mission to speak of him in a world where his name is up for debate. But this evening, will we sing for joy because we have seen Jesus, God's salvation, our rescuer? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the Lord Jesus. Please, would you, by your spirit, help us to see him for who he really is. Help us not to lose sight of that. Lord, help us this evening to have real joy because he is our rescuer. Amen. Well, we're going to sing of that joy we're going to sing maybe our last song of the last songs of christmas um joy to the world let earth receive her king that's the song that we sing to each other so let's praise god as we sing this song